Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Presented by T-Mobile the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hello and welcome to another episode of Trash Talk with TK. I'm TK Tom Kelly with you on a very special Monday for all Philadelphia sports fans out there. I mean, what a weekend this was. And we'll get to the Phillies uh, in a little bit here, obviously, as they punch their ticket to the National League Championship Series. We'll look back on the weekend, talk a little bit about their upcoming series with the San Diego Padres. What they did this weekend was absolutely incredible, but you know we'll work our way backwards here, as this is typically a, a Monday Eagles reaction podcast. 
we will start with the the most recent thing that happened this weekend, and that was what happened last night at Lincoln Financial Field. As the Eagles defeat the Dallas Cowboys 26-17, they move to 6-0 on the year for the first time since four, uh, since uh, 2004. The Eagles are 6-0. They are the only undefeated team in the NFL, and this team continues to be impressive in a number of ways. And there's a lot of stuff I want to get to from this game on Sunday night, because it was impressive in a number of ways, and what the Eagles did, and, and the way they are able to beat you in a number of different ways. We've seen them do that already so far this season. Week one, they beat Detroit in a shootout. The past couple weeks, it's really been the defense carrying the load, and I think that continues to be the big story when you look at this team. Not to say the offense hasn't been impressive. I think they have, even when they're not scoring a ton of points. The way they manage the game, we'll get into Jalen and the way he is just masterfully running this offense and the IQ level in which he plays at, which is extremely high. But to me, the, the lead with this team right now has to be the defense. And you look at what the defense has done here since week one, and obviously week one against Detroit, they got off to a bit of a slow start, give up a, a touchdown drive on the opening drive of the game. They get a little complacent, give up a lot of points to the, the Lions offense in the second half. But since that point, this is a defense that has not surrendered more than 17 points in a game. You look back at that Jacksonville game, they scored 21. Seven of those were on a pick six. Uh, only 14 offensive points surrendered in that game. And this defense continues to be incre incredibly impressive. And the unit specifically that I think you need to look at and you need to just be incredibly thankful for and incredibly impressed by is this secondary? Because, you know, I'm not trying to get too hyperbolic here, but this might be the most talented Eagles secondary I've ever seen. I mean, you look back, maybe going back to the early 2000s, probably, you know, the most talented to this point, and it's probably comparable with this group, is that group when, when Troy Vincent and Bobby Taylor and Brian Dawkins, when they were all at their peaks, um, that secondary was incredible. But you look at what this secondary is doing right now. Darius Slay and James Bradbury, I think they're the best pair of corners in the league. And they said it a number of times on the NBC broadcast uh, last night. Just got done re-watching the game a few minutes ago. Uh, and Chris Collinsworth just gushing about the Eagles' corners and how these are the two best corners the Eagles have had at the same time in, in, a, in a while. And it's so true. I mean, you look at Darius Slay and James Bradbury. I don't know where you're going to go. Like, I don't know what you're going to do. I think these are two of the top 10 corners in the league right now. I mean, James Bradbury, who the Eagles were able to get at the end of the free agency period, um, because ironically, the Giants, who are one of the surprises in the league right now, uh, you know, they release him late. Um, and in the end, do the Eagles a favor. They're probably not able to sign him to that deal if he gets released earlier in the offseason. And if I was Howie Roseman, I'd be looking at signing Bradbury to an extension right now. I'm not some I'm not sure that's something he'd be interested in. I think he could probably cash him free agency, but he's playing at an extremely high level. And you look at the turnovers this team is causing, and you look at that first interception last night from CJ Gardner Johnson. James Bradbury can't play that any better. He's sitting on the route, sees it coming, sees the 15-yard curl coming, goes in textbook, makes no contact whatsoever with the receiver, bats the ball up in the air, and C.J. Gardner-Johnson is able to come away with the pick. And when you look at these two corners together, 
because Slay is playing like possibly the best corner in the league right now. I mean, it's getting to the point where teams aren't even trying to attack Darius Slay. Okay, good luck attacking James Bradbury. But you look at those two guys playing at an elite level. C.J. Gardner-Johnson, what a pickup this guy was in training camp for a modest price, a fifth-round pick. You get C.J. Gardner-Johnson, I guess, you know, some of us may have had mild concerns about him adjusting to the safety position, played a lot of inside slot corner in New Orleans. He's adjusting beautifully. He's playing at an extremely high level, has two interceptions last night, and just is all over the place defensively. Marcus Epps, who we know the Eagles have been high on for a long time, um, but you never really know how it's going to bear out till the guy gets to play on the field and you get to see him. Marcus Epps is playing at a high level. He had a couple really nice pass breakups last night. He's not a guy who's afraid to get in there, stick his nose in there, and, and get dirty and tackle. And then Avante Maddox, I think, is one of the best slot corners in the NFL. Um, it just gives this team so many different options and so many ways to to defend. And I think that was the biggest story of last night is watching this secondary and watching this defense, the way they operate. Because for so long, I feel like the Achilles heel of the Eagles defense has been giving up big plays. You know, they just can't, the, the, you, the plays that you call the X plays. The Eagles have given those up at way too big of a clip, maybe not last year because of the conservative nature of their defense under Jonathan Gannon, which I think is, you know, being borne out that last year the approach was much more, you know, a byproduct of the talent and not Jonathan Gannon's actual philosophy. He's being much more aggressive this year. But you just don't get big plays against this defense. And you look at Dallas's two scoring drives last night, two touchdown drives last night. They're needing to go 10, 12 plays down the field. Look at where they're having success. It's a not a lot of nakeds, a lot of bootlegs, you know, a, a lot of these short passes that are gaining eight to 10 yards. And ultimately, yeah, I mean, you need to clean some of those things up, but make it, make an offense be patient, make them go 10 to 12 plays because most offenses don't have that level of patience. They will try to force the ball down the field, and you just can't force the ball down the field on this defense because of the secondary and because of the pass rush, and it really is married so well together, and you look at the pass rush last night. Again, they come up big. Dallas ran the ball effectively at times, but for the most part, the Eagles did a good job containing the run and making Cooper Rush beat them, which is just not going to happen typically, and you know, I, I I thought it was so cool, and I just, all Eagles fans need to love this guy, because he is honestly a great all-time Eagle. His story is unbelievable with where he was early on in his career. I mean, it's not often that a guy is viewed as a bust, what, three, four years into his career, and becomes a hero and one of the most likable figures in the history of the uh, of the organization. But what can you say about Brandon Graham? Because critical moment last night, really the game ceiling play. The Eagles are, are up 26-17, about six minutes left. Now you're feeling pretty good about things at that time. Um, but the Eagles go for two points, and, and I'll get into that decision a, later, a little later as well when we talk about the offense. But Brandon Graham, to make that play, because uh, Eagles are up 26-17, CeeDee Lamb's wide open down the sidelines. James Bradbury, unfortunately, slips on the play. There's nothing really you can do 
about that, but it's a touchdown. CD Lamb is wide open. If Cooper Rush puts that ball out there for him, it's a two-point game, and there are a lot of uh, nervous people in the link. But Brandon Graham, of all people, gets pressure on the quarterback, hits Cooper Rush, the ball falls woefully short, and Gardner Johnson comes up with his second interception of the game. And it's just amazing to see a guy like Brandon Graham, at his age, in his 13th year in the NFL now, coming off a serious, a serious Achilles injury in his, you know, early to mid thirties, which is not young in NFL terms. And Brandon Graham is still playing at an extremely high level. And it's just unbelievable to see him making the impact he's making. And a lot of that goes back to the off season, goes back to the Eagles, just strengthening this defensive line. And this is another thing uh, Mike Tirico and Chris Collinsworth talked about a little bit last night on the broadcast is the fact that the Eagles' rotation on that D-line is making it easier for these veterans. Like, you're, this is why you're seeing Brandon Graham playing at the level that he's playing at. This is why you're seeing Fletcher Cox playing better and being more impactful than he's been in the last couple of years. Because you have guys like Jordan Davis and Milton Williams that take snaps to keep Fletcher Cox fresh. You have guys like Hassan Reddick, who's making an impact on his own. Josh Sweat. Um, to, to keep Brandon Graham fresh on the outside. And the depth of this team, the roster is so is so good. And obviously I've been a big proponent of Howie Roseman for a long time. But what Howie's done this year is just, it's ridiculous. Like this roster is, to me, top to bottom, it's probably the best roster in the NFL. I don't think when you look at that, it's surprising that they're 6-0. And from a roster perspective, and we'll see if this team can accomplish what the 2017 team did, but this roster is better than the 2017 roster. I don't think there's any doubt about that. The secondary is way better. The starting corners on that team were Ronald Darby and Jalen Mills. I like Jalen Mills, but Jalen Mills pretty average level starting NFL corner. You have two of the top 10 corners in the league right now with Darius Slay and James Bradbury. Uh, C.J. Gardner-Johnson might be a pro bowler at the safety position. It's just incredible. And even when you look at the linebackers, TJ Edwards so dramatically improved. Kaiser White playing so well, the Eagles can't even find a role for N'Kobe Dean, who they really like. And I think that was the story of last night. And that's been the story of the last couple of weeks. Is this defense just playing at an extremely high level right now? But you look at the offense, and I do think the offense was impressive as well. Obviously, they come out, they score a couple times early on. But to me, you know, a, a few things I think you need to highlight here. The play calling from Shane Steichen, who, who is making the play calls, and Nick Sirianni, who's obviously helping formulate the game plan, is just, you know, brilliant in a lot of aspects. Like, they, they know what to run in the right times. The way they attacked Micah Parsons specifically last night was brilliant. Like, you know you're not going to have success blocking the guy. I mean, Lane Johnson did a good job while he's in. Unfortunately, Lane goes out with the concussion right before halftime. Obviously, something to monitor because Jack Driscoll had some trouble. And I don't really look at that as a negative on Jack Driscoll. Anybody's going to have trouble with Micah Parsons. But the way the Eagles chose to attack him is, okay, we can't block him. We'll read him. And they played it like a college would, would read a defensive end. And we will leave him unblocked. We'll give him a decision to make. And they attacked him a number of times. Um, including on the A.J. Brown touchdown, where they, they put him kind of on an island. It's like, okay, are you going to attack Jalen Hurts? 
Or are you going to fade back into coverage? And they did the same thing in the run game with Miles Sanders. Are you going to attack Miles Sanders? Or are you going to stick with Jalen Hurts? And that's how you neutralize a great player. That's how you you keep him at bay and you tone down some of his aggressiveness. And I thought the game plan was phenomenal. And as far as Jalen Hurts goes, you know, we talked a lot about Jalen and, and the passing aspect and, and you know, his you know, acumen throwing the football. But to me, what's so impressive about Jalen Hurts is the way he manages a game. And obviously he's been quicker with his reads this year, more on target with his passes. But to me, his IQ level is what truly separates him from other quarterbacks and what gives him a real chance to be a high-level NFL starting quarterback. Because there are a number of instances where you just see him making just smart plays. And I thought one moment that was incredibly impressive last night, where the Eagles have third and 18, and they're kind of on the fringe of field goal range. They're up 17 nothing, And, you know, you could try to take a shot down the field, and it's right before half, and you, you could try to make a play. But Jalen Hurts sees the middle of the field wide open. And just decides, and this sometimes this is the right move, even though it's like, tempting to go for the big play, tempting to go for the put-away shot. The middle of the field's wide open. And Jalen Hurts knows, as he runs this improvised quarterback draw, that he's probably not going to get the first down. But you make this field goal incredibly more manageable. Like, a, he, he basically made a 50-yard field goal into a 35-yard field goal just by taking what they give him and, and running and picking up that yardage. And that's just smart quarterback play. And I, I, I can't even count the number of times during a game that I'll watch Jalen and just think, what a, what a smart play. Like, what, a, what, a, what an intelligent football play. And that, to me, is what really separates him as a player. And that's why he's got the chance to reach this incredibly high level as a starting quarterback in this league. I continue to be more impressed with him every week. His leadership, the way he manages a game. The way he just, you know, knows exactly what his team needs at the time. The quarterback sneaks are just so much fun to watch. Like, this team in second and third down, the execution, like, it's automatic. It's automatic because Jalen Hurts knows how to do it. Jason Kelsey in that offensive line gets down, and they will bully people. And that offensive line played great again last night, uh, specifically in the run game. And, and that final fourth quarter drive, like, they're the kind of drives that win you games. Like Dallas is coming back. They cut it to 20 to 17. Things are getting a little hairy. And what do the Eagles do? They get back to their bread and butter. They get back to relying on that offensive line. Nick Sirianni talked about this last night. They 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 rely on what, you know, their, their best players are, are good at. They start to run the ball. They get Jalen in play action. They give him these short little reads, these short little throws. They get the ball to A.J. Brown and makes a big catch and run to set up the touchdown. Devontae Smith in the end zone for the touchdown, making a, a, a tough catch. This team is really talented. And you look at the schedule coming up here. I don't know when they're going to lose. I really don't. Bye week coming up. Steelers at home. You should win that game. Certainly coming off a bye. Texans on the road on a Thursday night. You should win that game. Uh, commanders at home on a Monday night. You should certainly win that game at the Colts, maybe on November 20th. Like maybe the Colts are a weird team. They can kind of beat anybody and lose to anybody. 
So I don't know how that one plays out, but there's that game. Then you have Sunday night against the Packers. The Packers don't look very good right now. So uh, this team, it just continues to impress. And I really think we could be watching something special here. It's pretty incredible what we've seen with the Philadelphia Eagles and how they've played. Credit to the players, credit to the coaching staff. I think, uh, you know, this is a concern for down the line here. But I certainly think the Eagles could be looking at needing two new coordinators at the end of the year. Jonathan Gannon's obviously done a great job with the defense. Shane Sykin has done an awesome job with the offense. And there's a lot of evidence to tell you that Shane Sykin's a good offensive coordinator and a good play caller. I mean, look at the work he did with Justin Herbert out there in his rookie year with the Chargers. Chargers and Justin Herbert really haven't had that same level of offensive success since Sykin left. I think he's going to get noticed, and I think he's probably guys likely to get a hood coaching job this offseason. But, you know, Sirianni giving the play calling to Steichen, I think was a good move. Sirianni managing the game well, you know, just putting his team out at the end of the first quarter for a hard count on a fourth and four. Just smart football. They're not going to run a play there. And Dallas jumping is just idiotic. I don't know why, you know, they would do that in that situation. That's a poorly coached team compared to a well-coached team with the Eagles. But giving up that play calling, I feel like, has allowed Sirianni to, you know, thrive in a lot of the other aspects of his job uh the one move that he made that i didn't like i didn't like going for two points up 26 17 i understand the analytical play I, i'm not an anti-analytics person typically i would like moving the ball closer and going for two just didn't really get it in that spot you're up 26 17 go up 10 it's not worth the risk if dallas had scored on that you know play that uh i was referring to earlier with brandon graham with the hit and the Gardner-Johnson interception that would have been a touchdown, then it's 26-24, where if you just take the point, field goal only ties it. Instead, a field goal could have put the Cowboys ahead. So I didn't love that decision in that spot, typically would, but just incredible and a tremendous job by this team. And the Eagles just cap off a tremendous weekend. And now it's time to get to the Phillies and what they accomplished this weekend, because obviously that's the big story is the Phillies return to the National League Championship Series. And it's really incredible because you talk about improbable runs. This has got to be up there, considering where this team was two weeks ago. And I just remember, you know, watching two weeks ago as they're in Washington and specifically the Saturday, they played a doubleheader on Saturday. And game one went about as poorly as it possibly could have. I mean, bad defense, bad pitching, the bats are asleep. And honestly, I'm like, this team is dead. This team is finished. They're going to find a way to screw up getting in the playoffs. And, you know, it's another September collapse. Thankfully, the Brewers couldn't take advantage. The Phillies woke up. They clinch in Houston. And it's like a, a switch flipped with this team. And sometimes in baseball, this is what you see. Like, momentum is a real thing. Momentum really matters. And really, you look back at that game one against St. Louis. They're down 2 nothing going into the ninth inning, and they mount that comeback. And it feels like that specific game, that specific moment, did something to this team. Like, like it, it like flipped the switch. It flipped the mentality where now they believe they are going to win. And you've heard, and I think some of this stuff can be a little hokey sometimes, but the players say Bryce Harper just continues to go through the dugout throughout the game and continues to say, we're not going to bleep and lose. And 
I think that's kind of the personality this team has taken on. And it sounds corny. It seems corny a little bit, but it's the way they're playing. They're playing with a confidence. I haven't seen a Phillies team play with since 2011. And it's incredible what they've done here, not just to beat St. Louis, but then to, to split in Atlanta was huge. And this weekend was just incredible. And, and I wasn't down there. I'll be down there for games three and four of the NLCS uh, working in the radio booth this weekend, which I'm extremely excited for. But the atmosphere was awesome. And I think it's great for Phillies fans, first off. And you know, I talked about this a little bit over the weekend on the radio, but I was watching the game Friday night with my 21-year-old brother-in-law and my 11-year-old niece. And like, it, it was cool to see them get to witness this because my, my brother-in-law was, what, six, seven years old when the Phillies won the World Series. He, he remembers it a little bit, but like, I was his age when the Phillies won the World Series. And I was going to college at Temple at that point. And he's going to college at Temple now. And it was cool seeing him in the same kind of phase of life that I was in then and getting to accomplish it as a get to getting to witness it rather as an adult watching with my 11 year old niece was cool because, you know, she obviously wasn't alive when the Phillies were good prior. She's not really into baseball. She hasn't been into the Phillies, but she was so into the game Friday night and wants her parents to buy her tickets to a playoff game. And I think a lot of people probably had similar experiences this weekend because you know, for, for us as adults, it doesn't feel that long ago, I guess, but it really was like, you're talking about a generation of Phillies fans who were either very young or don't remember that era at all. And when you specifically go back to 2008, I mean, to think somebody who's an 18, 19 year old adult right now was four or five and, and doesn't even remember uh, probably the Phillies winning the World Series. So I, I liked hearing a lot of those stories of people and a new generation of Phillies fans because uh, baseball, that's how you get fans to really be invested in cares. You need to win. And the atmosphere down there was incredible. I, I think the Phillies have a, a, a real advantage here in that regard. Like in the NFL, every stadium's crazy. The link is certainly one of the better ones but I'm not sure it's that big of an advantage comparable to other places in major league baseball. You can tell, and everybody says it, not just Philadelphia people, not just Phillies people, but you know, you'll hear it from national broadcasters and people of other teams that this atmosphere in Philadelphia is just different. The atmosphere at citizens bank park, when this team is in the playoffs and in big moments is just different. And Friday night, the moment that I thought was the coolest that really did, at least for me, bring me back to 2008 was game three and Bryson Stott Phillies are up or, or it was nothing, nothing at that point. And Bryson Stott's at the plate runner in scoring position. And he keeps fouling balls off, keeps fouling balls off. And all I could think about was game two against the Brewers in 08. And I was at that game with my friends and it was Incredible. And Brett Myers, foul balls off, foul balls off. He works the walk. Bryson Stott ends up hitting the double. Then Reese Hoskins comes up with the big blow on the three-run homer. And it reminded me so much of Shane Victorino hitting the Grand Slam in 2008. And we'll see how things play out. But those games, those parallels were so 
cool to see. And I think this team's got something really special going right now. I mean, to take out a team like the Atlanta Braves, that's a good team. That's a really good team with a good starting rotation, a good lineup. And let's face it, the Phillies demolished them in the two games in Philadelphia. Absolutely demolished them. Rob Thompson has done a tremendous job, obviously. The way he's managed this bullpen, I think Saturday, you got to give the pitching staff a lot of credit. You got to give Dave Dombrowski a lot of credit. Dave Dombrowski's fingerprints have been all over uh, the postseason. Whether you look at Noah Syndergaard giving you three big innings in game four on Saturday, you look at, um, you know, Brandon Marsh, obviously, the big home run Saturday. Edmundo Sosa, who makes an impact whenever he's on the field uh, in a positive fashion. Um, it's been awesome to see Rob Thompson's pushed all the right buttons. I was calling for a lineup change after game two. Rob Thompson stuck with his guys and it, it worked out and uh, they continue to roll. And, and the guy I think you got to be happiest for is another one I've been critical of and many people have, but Aaron Nola has been phenomenal and he was phenomenal Friday night. And as you look ahead to the next series here, it's really interesting because winning game four was critical for the Phillies. Not just because, you know, you don't have to go to Atlanta to play a winner-take-all game five, but you didn't have to start Zach Wheeler in that game. Now you can set your rotation. Now Wheeler and Nola will go games one and two. It looks like with the Padres, if they follow the same template they followed in the last series, it'll likely be you, Darvish, and Mike Clevenger in games one and two. And the Padres have a really good rotation. They'll go with Blake Snell in game three. That should be interesting to see the reaction to him as the guy who uh, hit Bryce Harper earlier this year. Um, But Blake Snell in game three, and then Joe Musgrove in game four, they have a really good rotation and it's going to be difficult for the Phillies to to hit that team. Obviously the bullpen's really good with Hader as well, but the Phillies now have the ability to pitch Wheeler and Nola a lot in this series. They'll start games one and two. They'll likely start games five and six. Maybe you could have Wheeler available in a game seven. I think uh, the lack of an off day between game five and six, as there typically would be, is, you know, a little bit of a challenge for the Phillies to navigate. It's a little bit of a disadvantage uh, because they don't have that day. But you're going to be able to make four Zach Wheeler and Aaron Nola starts in this series now. That's critical. And I think there are a lot of cool storylines. Obviously, the Nola storyline facing his brother is going to be really cool. But to me, the big storyline is Manny Machado and Bryce Harper. Because think back to that offseason and think back to the Phillies really pursuing both guys. They We knew they weren't going to sign both of them. They weren't going to have those kind of finances. But, you know, and there have been reports the Phillies preferred Machado. But Bryce Harper, I think they always felt was a better fit here. And it has certainly worked out and it's worked out for San Diego with Machado. But I think that's a real interesting storyline as the two big free agents in 2019 now facing off for the right to go to the World Series. Uh, Really incredible. And a lot of parallels between these two teams. Very similar years. A lot of expectations going into the year. Both teams scuffled at times. Both teams dealt with, you know, a lot of turmoil. Phillies obviously firing their manager. The Padres with the suspension to Fernando Tatis Jr. Um, And now both find themselves in the NLCS uh, in a circuitous route. But they're two really talented teams. And I think this is going to be a really good series. But when I play it out here, and I don't know if I'm just getting sucked in, uh, you know, uh, with all the excitement. But I'm a believer 
And I think the Phillies are going to win this series. I'm taking the Phillies to win it. I'm taking the Phillies to win it in six. I think the way this thing likely plays out is they split on the road in San Diego. I mean, you obviously, you need to get one of those two. Phillies could very well get both of them with Wheeler and Noel on the mound. But my prediction is the Phillies win game one. I think they, they probably drop game two. Noel is just due to come back to earth a little bit. Like, he's got to show that he is human here at, at some juncture. Like, at some point, he's been so incredibly great. I don't think he'll have a bad start, but he's just due to give up a couple runs, and that's a really good lineup. So I think the Phillies probably split on the road. Then if you come home, uh, you split games three and games four. Ranger Suarez likely to start game three. I think Syndergaard kind of has earned the right to go back out there in game four on Saturday. Uh, you know, three innings. I had said nine, ten outs is what I wanted from him uh, with run, one or fewer runs. That's exactly what he did with the exception of one pitch. Uh, I believe Arcia was the guy who hit the home run off of him. Um you know, Cindergard was was really good, and uh, that's what you're looking for. And and you can trust this bullpen at this point with Alvarado and Dominguez, and you know you have guys who can give you some length as well with Falter, uh, who we haven't seen yet. Kyle Gibson, who it seems like Phillies are trying to stay away from, and understandably so. But uh, you know they they have a lot of options. Brad Hand's been tremendous. Zach Eflin has been really good at the back end, um, and. You know, if the Phillies can split those, I feel good about Wheeler going out in the 2-2 series in Game 5. And I feel good about Nola going out there in a clinch in Game 6. So I'm taking the Phillies in 6. I think they find a way to get it done. I think they go to the World Series here to take on either the Astros, Yankees, or the Guardians, Yankees, Guardians tonight. I don't know. I have kind of a weird feeling the Guardians are going to be able to pull this one off. I just, you know, I don't know what it is about the Yankees, but... I'm just not fully bought into that team. Um, I think the Guardians might find a way to get it done tonight, but uh, we'll see how it plays out. But I like the Phillies in six. I think the Phillies find a way to get it done. Sometimes teams just get on a roll, and that's the way I feel about this team right now. There's something special going on. Uh, they're playing with a high level of confidence right now. And not that the Padres are going to be complacent here. Just one more thing I, I want to touch on real quick. But I heard this, and, and Kohler actually um, proposed this yesterday when I was on the air with Marcus Hayes, and I, I didn't, not I didn't dismiss it, but I didn't kind of give it much credence at the time. But the more I think about it, the Padres beating the Dodgers is a really big deal for that organization. Like they're the Dodgers' little brother in a sense. I just wonder if there's a little letdown to start this series from an emotional perspective, and maybe that's something the Phillies can capitalize on. Because they have, the Padres have been owned by the Dodgers for years. Um, and if that can kind of be a factor that maybe there's a little malaise just to start the series. I don't think the Padres are complacent. I don't think they're content. Obviously, you're this close to winning a championship. You want the whole thing. But this Phillies team truly seems like a team that's not satisfied. And, and they really do believe they can go all the way here. And I think they're going to win it. I think they're going to win this series. And what a time to be a Philadelphia sports fan. We got the Sixers getting started Tuesday night. Flyers are undefeated. Who knows how long that'll last, but a tremendous time and should be great. Um, so looking forward to, to being back on 94 WIP this week. I'll be on, 
I know Thursday night, uh, I'll be on over the weekend. So very excited uh, to talk a, a lot about what's going on because a lot of really exciting things going on in this city right now. But uh, that'll do it for Trash Talk with TK this week, um, the Eagles reaction pod, and this week also Philly's reaction and Philly's uh, Padres National League Championship Series preview. So thank you for listening. We'll have another episode next Monday um, by week, but we'll do an NFL pod next week and kind of uh, look at everything that happened around the NFL and obviously keep you abreast of the Philly situation and maybe another pod coming later this week following games one and two. I think we can probably get that done as well. So thank you for listening. Trash Talk with TK. I'm TK, Tom Kelly, uh, and I'll talk to you later this week on Sports Radio 94 WIP. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.